0: My friend, there is nothing worse than watching our kids struggle. And I'm sure that you have been there. <laughs> You've seen your your newborn crying and you can't figure out what on earth is going on, what they need, what they want. You've watched your elementary school kids have difficult times understanding the material or connecting with their friends. I mean, it starts from the moment they're born And I'm guessing goes on through their entire life, although my kiddos are still pretty little, but the the reality of life is that because we love our kids, because we invest so much time, so much energy into trying to not only teach them and raise them well, but to care for them, to protect them, it really hurts as a mom when we have to watch our kids struggle. And my friends, that is what we're talking about today in episode 102 of the Love Your People Well podcast. We are specifically going to be looking at the topic of anxiety. How do we help our kids when they're struggling with anxiety or worry or fear? And these are issues that are just exploding in today's culture. And yes, even Christian kids Uh, raised in Christ-centered homes, even kids who know the gospel, who have given their life to the Lord, they also very often struggle with the same issues that other kids struggle with. And anxiety right now is a huge one. So if your kiddo has been in this boat, if you're worried about them, if you're just kind of keeping your finger on what's going on in the world and you're thinking one day my child might struggle with this, I want to be prepared, Wherever you are at in this journey, that's what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about some practical things to watch for that might tell you, hey, my kid is struggling here, some practical steps of what to do to help your child. And of course, along the way, a lot of encouragement and scripture oriented, faith fueled wisdom, for how we help our kids through these really tough situations and seasons. So my friend, let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships relationship with him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. All right, all right, my friends, you know, if you've ever listened to this podcast before, that I like to make sure you have some resources to start things off with. Because if you are right now, like excited to jump in this topic, maybe a little apprehensive about this topic, but you're worried about your kiddo, you're struggling with anxiety in your family, Um, I do hope, of course, that this episode will be helpful, but I want to give you some other resources as well. So um, first of all, let me remind you about one of our devotionals, um, the Finding Your Identity in Christ devotional workbook. Now, that's not really targeted to kids, but um, as we will talk about today, as moms, We can sometimes wrap a lot of our identity up in how are our kids doing? If they are struggling, we are struggling and there's an emotional element there that makes sense. But when that starts to take over our identity and how we understand ourselves, now we have a problem. So I wanted to remind you about that devotional workbook, Finding Your Identity in Christ. You can grab that on the website or I will have a link in the description for this episode. And then we do have some previous episodes. Um, If you want to circle back through the podcast, that might also be helpful in a similar vein to today's conversation. So um, let me just point those out and I will have the links in the show notes for today, which you can find online at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 102, because this is episode 102. Um, All right. So you might want to circle back to episode 68, Practical Steps for Reducing Anxiety in Our Own Heart and Home the Biblical Way. Episodes 32 and then 33 were part one and part two um, addressing questions like what is mental health counseling, how do I find a Christian counselor, is a life coach a therapist, all your questions answered. So that was episode 32 and 33, a deep dive um, from my experience as a counselor and a Christian answering a lot of commonly asked questions. And then you also might benefit from episode 51, which is titled, Do You Have an Attitude of Gratitude? Let's look at six practical benefits of gratitude plus three action steps to help you be a more thankful person. So all those episodes, of course, there's probably others, but those jumped out to me um, as connected with our conversation that we're going to jump into today. So I'll start off our conversation with a reminder of my disclaimer that I am a therapist, but this podcast and all the resources from Love Your People Well are not counseling. I'm not your therapist. This is not professional. Um, But of course, we're talking about anxiety anxiety. This is coming from my experience. I've worked with a lot of families, um, adults dealing with their own anxiety, teenagers dealing with it, but also a lot of parents struggling with the very question that we're asking today, how to help their kids deal with anxiety and fear and and some of those hard, like worry-filled emotions. So let's jump right in because that is what you're here for. And we need to start by getting on the same page about how do we know if our child is struggling. Now, obviously, if your child has come to you and said, Mom, I'm really struggling with anxiety, then you can jump right to step two, which is how do I help them? Um, But we want to not only take that really obvious, uh, I guess, warning sign, not even a warning sign at that point, that really obvious announcement or statement that your child might bring to you, we also want to be attuned to what's going on in our child's world. Because a lot of times our kids um, lack the vocabulary to really tell us or even understand themselves exactly what they're feeling. Um, They can't necessarily communicate it in the most straightforward way like theoretically adults could do. Um, But also anxiety and really any sort of mental health struggle, it can be really embarrassing to bring that up to people. Kids can feel like something is wrong with them, um, especially if they're Christians, there is kind of a unhealthy, I would say, and inaccurate um, and unbiblical, uh, kind of a vibe sometimes in the Christian world that you know, if you're following Jesus, you're not gonna struggle with anxiety or depression or any of these mental health issues. And so our kids can sometimes feel that way. Well, I trust Jesus, so I shouldn't be struggling with this. And therefore, I'm not going to tell anyone that I am struggling with this. Um, There's a lot of different things that might get in the way of your child telling you they're struggling with anxiety. And of course, your child might be too young to really have, like I said, the vocabulary for that or even really understanding that what they are feeling and experiencing is a problem, and it doesn't have to be that way. So wherever you're at on that spectrum, it's really helpful to have an idea in your mind of what should I be looking out for that would tell me I might want to help my child with this. And we are not talking today just about um, like a diagnosis. It it is you know right now this is 2022 when they do the stats and the research and all of that. Um, The stats are showing that about 20% of kids will meet criteria for an anxiety disorder before they finish school. And 30% of Americans will have one at some point in their life. So a lot of people are struggling with anxiety and that is at a clinical level. (laughs) But we're not just talking today about, you know, does your child need a diagnosis of this or a medication or anything like that? Because... In my experience, both personally and professionally, most of us struggle with anxiety at some point in our life, and that starts young, my friends. I mean, it is a sad reality of our broken world that young children are wrestling with fear and worry, and hopefully not to the level where it's a disorder, they might meet some criteria for it, but enough that it's impacting their life And enough that you, as a mom, you want it to stop. You want to help them. You want to help them figure out how to remove this issue from their life, deal with it when it might come up in the future. So what are some of these warning signs that you might look for? Um, Some things that you might see for your child. And again, this is our little kiddos, our big kiddos, all the way up the spectrum. What you might see are some signs of restlessness, That might be happening a lot, like tapping their foot all the time, unable to sit still, um, having difficulty focusing. Now, does that mean it's ADHD or something like that? I mean, I don't know. Sometimes, maybe talk to your doctor. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying anxiety is the only reason that our kids might be showing a lot of restlessness, Um, puberty, and just the fact that they're kids and they need to get some energy out. These are not like signs where if you see them, you need to say, "Oh, wow, they have anxiety." Um, But if you start to see kind of a package of these issues or a pattern of these issues, you know, it's just something to consider. They might be struggling with some anxiety or fear. So a lot of restlessness, um, but also you might see maybe an extreme reaction to normal situations. Um, Like no kid enjoys getting shots, but if your kid just totally loses it, um, they're passing out or they're crying hysterically or, you know, things like this because they know they're going to get a shot, you know, that might be an extreme reaction to a normal situation. But sometimes it's not quite as obvious. Like nobody likes a shot. (laughs) Nobody likes spiders. You know, some of these classic things we might have a phobia of. Um, But some kids get really anxious and have an extreme reaction when they go to certain places, when they go to a shopping mall, when they go to school, Um, For some kids, even teenagers, it can be anxiety about being left alone, being away from mom and dad. That actually has really escalated as a problem after several years of quarantine (laughs) with all of these various pandemic issues that have been going on around the world. Um, So you might see some of this restlessness or some extreme reactions to what seem like they really should be a more normal situation. You might hear um, your child complaining regularly about the same things. You might hear repetitive questions from your child that have kind of a worrisome nature to them. Like they can't quite settle in their mind that something is okay. They're asking you again and again and again about the same issue. Um, you might hear them Often in conversation, just expressing worry or stress. Now, maybe maybe it's about a variety of things. Maybe it's the same thing again and again. But again, they might not be using the words "I'm really worried about this" or "I'm really anxious about this." Um, but if they keep bringing up the same issue, they never quite seem at peace about it or um, settled about it. They're complaining about it all the time. <laughs> Those might be signs that there's some anxiety or some fear underneath whatever they actually are talking about. You also might hear, um, or maybe even see, but probably it would mostly be here from our children, a, a lot of complaints about not feeling well. Anxiety can bring up headaches and stomach aches and muscle pains. Um, it really can impact us physically. And so if you're seeing, again, a pattern of chronic headaches or regular stomach aches when there's no other reason for it, just something to think about is, might there be some anxiety going on here? Um, and if, if you hear your child all the time kind of assuming the worst in a situation or jumping to conclusions that are always negative or that kind of what if, what if, what if thinking, again, they might be signs of anxiety. Um, And then the last few things I would highlight things that you might see that would tell you "Hmm, my child might be struggling with this. Um, You might see your child. This is kind of a spectrum here for some kids when they're dealing with anxiety and fear, they get overly clingy, like they're checking in with you all the time. Um, Again, like I said before, that might be a toddler, but that might be a teenager, like all these different ages. If they're unable to be apart from you, they're checking in with you more than seems developmentally appropriate, they can't go out with their friends or you can't drop them off at church in their Sunday school class because they're just you know, totally losing it, crying, or they shut down, that might be a sign. But also, if your child is really disconnecting. So instead of being overly clingy, they're just disconnecting and isolating from you or the family or from their friends or, or things that they used to enjoy. You know, those are again, warning signs, not necessarily that they have anxiety, but these are all signs that would tell you as a mom, I want to go a little deeper. I want to see what's going on. I want to maybe talk to my kid or do something with my kid to try to figure out why are they talking this way or acting this way, especially if you start to see it having a, an impact on their quality of life, their day-to-day living. Now, I will say <laughs> I gave some stats and, you know, I don't tend to put a lot of stock in statistics and all of that because we serve a great God and he knows exactly what's going on for your kids He can handle it. He can give you wisdom and insight through the Holy Spirit that does not make sense in a worldly way. Um, So, we do not need to be slaves to statistics and worrying about that ourselves. (laughs) That is not going to be helpful. But it is helpful, I think, to know how common anxiety problems are. They are very normal in the human experience. No, I'm not saying they're good. I'm not saying they're healthy and biblical. I'm not saying they're holy. Um, Actually, the Lord is very clear in the Bible that we don't need to worry. We don't need to be fearful of anything except God. He is worthy of our fear. And that's a fear that's more of like an awe inspired, you are amazing and powerful. And I am a sinner in need of a savior. (laughs) But other than that, there is absolutely nothing that we need to fear in this world. There's nothing we need to be anxious about. But it's pretty rare to meet someone who never deals with that. So maybe your kid's dealing with it once in a while. Maybe they're dealing with it all the time. You know, wherever they are there, you want to feel equipped as a mom to help them deal with that. And yes, this is maybe just a little asterisk before we turn the corner and talk about some practical things that might help you help them. How do you help them manage it when they are struggling? Let me add a little asterisk in here to say, you, mom, my friend, you might also be struggling with anxiety. It's just as normal for adults as it is for kids. Again, it's not, um, it's not necessary, it's not biblical, but it is very normal. So if some of those warning signs that I just talked through, you might be listening to that thinking, eh, does my kid do that? Maybe, maybe not, but I do that. Like That might be raising a flag for yourself. That is something to process with the Lord, to ask that question, to um, turn in your concordance. My Bible, at least at the back of it has that concordance where like you can look up the word anxiety. It'll tell you every verse in your Bible that mentions anxiety. Read through those, pray through those, ask the Lord to open your eyes to help you understand, is this a struggle for you or for your husband or for your kids or anyone in your life? Is there a struggle with anxiety or worry or fear? God does not want us to just brush that under the rug and pretend it's not there. He does not want us to um, get stuck in it and think that there's no way out. He wants us to handle those emotional struggles, those mental health struggles. Um, again, whether they're small or big, <laughs> short term or long term, he wants us to handle those in the same way we handle everything else, which is to take it to him and to cling to his wisdom, his promises, his strength, and to do the practical things in this life that can help us move forward, help us move closer to Christ and further from the issues and brokenness and sin of this world. So whether you're listening to this thinking, ooh, that's me, or listening to this more thinking about your child, which of course is where we're going to focus of how do we help them, um, either way, it is totally normal and it is worth um, exploring that and praying about that and then trying to do some practical things to help. So let's take a look there, shall we? Let's take a look at some practical things that can help us help our kiddos if they are struggling. Um, First of all, let's talk about the spiritual side of it. Okay. I I mean, there's a variety of areas where we want to help our kids. Um, I'm going to focus in on some spiritual ideas, some ideas that are related to their thought processes, because anxiety, pretty much all of that, 98% of it, it's in our heads. It's how we're thinking. It's how we're processing things is our perspective. So how can you help your kids with their thought life? And then um, also we'll talk about some actions that we can help our kids with, like some skill building. But on a spiritual level, it can be really helpful to focus with your child on memorizing some encouraging Bible passages together. Now, yes, you could just give this to them as homework, potentially, but to do it together is going to be especially helpful Knowing that they're struggling with anxiety, and a lot of kids, if that's already a struggle, they're going to be feeling a lot of pressure of oh, I need to memorize this. They're going to maybe be feeling even more isolated. Um, you know, a lot of times our thoughts when we're feeling anxious are not actually very accurate, and so um, I have seen this happen where parents are like, oh, here's some things to memorize or to work on or to do. And, you know, hey, I'm here with you. I love you. But they're not actually doing it with the child. And their child winds up thinking inaccurately, but they wind up thinking, well, I'm the only one with this struggle, or I'm the only one that has to memorize these passages, or, you know, nobody else is going to have to deal with this. And coming alongside them, doing it with them can be really helpful. You're not only giving them that tool in their back pocket of um, an encouraging Bible verse that they have that they can pull out anytime they need it because they've memorized it, but you're also building relationship through the process. So there are some um, famous verses or kind of, I guess, well-known verses in Philippians 4, in the Gospel of Matthew um, about worry, do not worry. Um, There's a number of things specifically about worry and anxiety and fear, but also Um, I find it most helpful to focus on memorizing passages that are about God's strength and his character and the fact that he is with us. So I'm not going to give you a big list of possible Bible passages to memorize because there's just so many. Um, And it can be great to memorize passages like in in, uh, Philippians 4 talking about what to do when you're feeling anxious But personally, I think it's more helpful to focus on memorizing passages about God. And I'll tell you why. Um, Well, partly because he's God and he's amazing and we are normal. And so focusing on him can be super helpful all the time. Um, But particularly when we're thinking about anxiety, a key element of anxiety is that we tend to focus inward. Like whatever the thing is, the situation that's making us really, really scared or really, really worried, we get so focused on that and on our emotion of fear or anxiety that the other stuff, the outside stuff, maybe things like who God is and how powerful and strong and wonderful he is, that stuff gets smaller because all of our attention is going toward the thing that's making us feel anxious And so memorizing Bible verses that focus us outward again, that focus us away from the anxiety and onto our solution, our refuge, our rock can be really, really helpful because they're true. Of course, they're from scripture, but also they're shifting that focus as we are memorizing and then remembering these Bible verses. So some other practical things you can do with your kids in a spiritual sense is to um, develop some habits of praying with them, praying intentionally when those feelings of anxiety rise up. Um, Now, this might be them coming to you and you pray together when they're feeling that way, or it might just be um, practicing prayers together so that when those emotions come up, whether they come to you or not. They already have some language for how to pray about that. They already have some experience praying about that. Um, And again, they can shift their focus in that moment away from the emotion and the problem at hand that's right before them and shift that focus toward the Lord, the one who can give peace beyond human understanding. And then the third element I would highlight Um, for the spiritual help that we can give our children is to practice regular spiritual habits together. Now, again, all of these, you know, memorizing some Bible passages, intentional prayer, when these feelings come up, practicing regular spiritual habits, your kids can and should over time start to do this independently. But again, it's so much more powerful to do it with them maybe that's just at the beginning or maybe it's all the time. The younger your child is, the more helpful it's going to be to do it with them because they're probably not used to this at all, let alone when they're feeling these overwhelming feelings of things like fear or anxiety that are scary and, and can really feel like they're all-encompassing. So doing it with them, but practicing those regular habits like reading the Bible every day, Do you feel anxious today? Read the Bible. Do you feel excited today? Read the Bible. Do you feel bored today? Read the Bible. (laughs) Like just making that a normal part of life. Um, And other spiritual habits like going to church and being a part of a gathering, a fellowship of Christian believers, having a regular time of prayer, regular time of uh, maybe singing worship songs together, a regular time of confession to the Lord. There are so many different spiritual habits that can be helpful, but getting in that as an actual habit, as a routine, rather than something that is dependent on how they're feeling that day. Am I feeling anxious? Okay, then I'll pray. Oh, but if I'm feeling pretty good today, I'm not going to bother. We don't necessarily think of it quite that black and white, but kids tend to be more black and white thinkers. Um, It takes time to develop the skill of abstract thought. And so if they have started to link, you know, I feel X and so I do Y, I read my Bible or I pray or whatever it is, in the long run, that's not going to be very helpful. We would much rather them develop that as a habit that is really separate from how they may or may not be feeling. So those are a few ideas in the spiritual world of, um, Raising your kids and addressing issues of anxiety. But let's talk also, like I said, about their thought processes. Because anxiety and fear, I mean, it really changes how we're thinking. And so there are a few things that, certainly, if you connect your kiddo with a counselor, these are things they're going to do with them. But Uh, and I'm a family therapist, so I really love to include the parents in these conversations, but also in the homework, in the practice of these sorts of activities, because a therapist might be able to help your kid in a great way one hour a week. You want your kid to have the skills to do this all the time on their own in the actual moment when they are feeling anxious or they're feeling scared. And so the more that you can help them with these things, The more likely it is they're going to be successful with it. So, one action step here is to help your kiddo to challenge or question their own negative assumptions. So, if you hear them with a lot of, you know, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? And they're jumping to, oh, I know, you know, I know I'm going to fail that test. I know that my friend is going to laugh at me when I do this. I know that. Um, you know, no one's going to want me on their team at recess or, um, and that this can happen at church. You know, I know that no, everyone's going to secretly laugh at me when I'm reading the Bible out loud and I mispronounce a word or something, you know, all sorts of negative thoughts can pop up. And so practice with your children, challenging those thoughts, those negative assumptions when they pop up and help them find exceptions to it. So they might have a story and maybe multiple stories of, you know, yeah, one time I was reading the Bible in church and I mispronounced something and all the kids laughed. I mean, that's real life. That might have happened. And that might now have triggered a lot of anxiety or a lot of Um, you know, worry and fear about, you know, I can't do it again because what if that happens again? It was so embarrassing. I felt like such a loser. You know, whatever negative thoughts have now popped up, that might have happened. So we're not trying to give them fake platitudes like, oh, nobody's going to laugh at you. Oh, that would never happen. Because in reality, people might laugh. You know, in reality, they might fail the test. They might Um, you know, get rejected by a friend or, or, you know, all sorts of hard things might actually happen to your children. So we're not trying to just fake it here, but we do want to help them question that assumption, which is creating the anxiety. So this might be helping them ask questions about it like, well, how many times has that actually happened? Okay, you know, maybe it's happened twice. Okay, how many times have you tried this and that didn't happen. You know, have there been exceptions where you read the Bible in Sunday school and you didn't mess anything up and nobody laughed? Or maybe you did mess things up. And again, nobody laughed. Have there been exceptions to what they're thinking about? Um, You can also get them asking questions like what other possible outcomes might there be? Okay. You might read the scripture verse in, in the class and you mess something up. It is true. It's a possibility people might laugh. What else might happen? Okay. It might be also possible that nobody says anything. It might be possible that other kids start thinking, oh my gosh, thank goodness she messed up how to say that name. I have no idea how to say that weird biblical name. It might be that, you know, other kids are encouraging to you afterward and they might share a story of a time that they messed something up. These are all possible outcomes. And so the more that you can help your child prepare that sort of thinking, that's not stopping the negative assumption, but it is stopping the process where that negative assumption is now rolling around in their head and that's all they can think about. And they're feeling so, so anxious about it. Instead, they can kind of stop that process and actually challenge that negative assumption. How often does it happen? Has that, have you ever had a different outcome What else might happen? You know, what evidence do you have for that, that that's true? That's a good question there. You know, it depends on exactly what they're anxious about. But practicing that with them can be really helpful to change that thought process. And then another um, action step here, practicing with your kids, helping them to acknowledge and deal with those what-if thoughts. Um, That's a really common part of anxiety and fear um, you know, what if blah, blah, blah happens, and then they get kind of obsessive about all the negative possibilities of that. And so sometimes helping them think through, okay, so what if, what if everyone does laugh? That, that's one of the possible outcomes. Um, and then what's going to happen? Because a lot of times that anxious thought process stops there. You're stopping in the embarrassment and the awkwardness. And now that's all I can think about. So of course I'm feeling anxious, but help them work through the rest of that storyline, which again is all in their head. It may or may not actually happen, but if they already have a plan for what if that worst case scenario happens, what if I read the scripture in the, in the class, I mess up the pronunciation and everyone laughs. That's the thing I'm afraid of. Then what are you going to do? Are you going to get up and run out of the class? Are you going to cry in the middle of class? Are you going to laugh with them and then come home and cry later? Like, I mean, there's dozens of things you could do, um, but help them think about, okay, if that worst case scenario happened, what would you do? How could you recover from the situation or move forward from the situation? Um, Or, you know, come home and grieve the situation. Like, it's okay to come home. It's okay to be sad about this and talk about this and wrestle with this and sometimes working through that storyline can help us build that confidence that even if this thing I'm so afraid of actually does happen which it might not and so we want them to challenge that thinking but even if it does if I know what I'm going to do about it now I have a plan now I have some confidence it still wouldn't be fun but it would be manageable And so those are two action steps that you as a mom can work through with your kid to help them prepare for and respond to those moments of anxiety. And of course, these conversations are going to sound very different with your eight-year-old than they would sound with your 18-year-old, hopefully. (laughs) But, you know, you need to approach these in a developmentally appropriate way, um, the level of detail you might go into here or how much suggestion you give versus letting them think of, you know, possible answers to the questions. Um, you might write some of this down so they have it on a note card or they have a picture on their wall that reminds them, oh yeah, ask that question to myself, ask the has that really happened before question or whatever it is, you know, something visual to remind them. You have to figure out ways that work for your kid. This is not like you trying to recreate a therapy session with them. This is you trying to help them in everyday life to practice these skills. And then the third category where you can help your kids manage these feelings of anxiety or fear is um, some skill building with them, some action steps with them, teaching them skills to cope with that anxiety. So, of course, this would include kind of your classic coping skills. Okay, when you're feeling anxious, what are things you can do to lower that anxiety? There's a million different options here. Some classics would include things like maybe um, listening to music that might calm them down. Um, Coloring actually can calm a lot of people down. Exercise or some sort of like getting some physical exertion Um, that can help to calm us down there's you know a lot of different things that we can do but brainstorming with your kids and again helping them to practice Um, you know if they think coloring might help me calm down but they never color and the crayons like who even knows where they are they're buried in some drawer somewhere that's not going to be a very helpful coping skill when they're feeling anxious you need it to be ready accessible hopefully something that they're doing more often than just when they're feeling anxious because then they're more likely to think about it in the moment and have access to whatever they need to do that coping skill. But some other skills that you can help them with is to help them stop avoiding the thing that is creating anxiety. Because a lot of times our kids come to us to help them avoid it you know they're really anxious let's keep with that example like your kiddo is really anxious about going to church and Sunday school because what if they get asked to read the Bible passage and they mispronounce things and everyone laughs it's easy as a parent to say well you know okay we'll just we'll skip Sunday school this week and we'll just go to the regular service or you can join me in the regular service instead of going to your Sunday school class And in the short term, that makes everyone feel better. They don't have to deal with their anxiety. You don't have to worry about them. You don't have to deal with their whining about it or whatever, you know, they might be showing you because they're anxious. Everybody feels better. But all that has actually happened in the long term there is they have been reinforced for the anxiety that, oh, this is a really scary or really bad possible situation if everyone laughed at me that really would be a horrible thing and my mom is so worried about it too that she's going to let me step out of it they have not learned any skills about how to actually deal with potential embarrassment or you know whatever it is of course that they're worried about and so helping them prepare for and then actually do the thing that is making them feel anxious that is going to go much further in them managing it over the long term and it might be more awkward at the in the short term um there might be some tears you know it might be difficult but again that's where practicing with them maybe you do let them skip sunday school for three weeks or whatever because we're going to use that time productively to practice these different thought processes to challenge that together we're going to practice some of these coping skills And one of the other things that you could do with your kid is to role play with them, like have them actually practice. Okay, read me a Bible passage. Mess something up. I'm not going to laugh. Okay, how did that feel? Like you can talk about it, practice it together. Maybe you do laugh and they get to wrestle with, oh, that did not feel good. Okay, of course it didn't feel good. Why would that feel good? That would never feel good. What are you going to do about it not feeling good? How are you going to cope in the moment? How are you going to handle that what if situation? So helping them practice in advance um, or if they're younger and um, or maybe it's a situation you can't realistically practice in advance, <laughs> you can't really role play it um, or that might feel super awkward for everybody. Um, side note, as a therapist, it I always just tell people, of course, it's going to feel awkward. It's different if it weren't different you probably wouldn't be struggling in the same way different things new things change like that always feels awkward so it's okay if things feel awkward that's why you're practicing it that's why you're trying to do something different but back to this so what if you can't or you really don't want to role play it or practice it have them draw some pictures you know okay you're in class and you read it and everybody's laughing at you draw me a picture of what you might be feeling or you know especially if your kid is older maybe they're into music like what what song does this connect you with that can express some of that emotion for you or write a song you know you don't have to sing it to anybody but just write some of that down or draw a picture something to help them get a little creative to again really just to practice mentally putting themselves in this awkward situation this anxiety producing situation so that they can wrestle with those feelings before they're actually in that situation. So um, so those are just a few ideas to help them stop avoiding the anxiety producing thing or situation and start managing it. If you can help them practice in advance, have a plan in advance, they're managing their thoughts in a different way and they have something to do that's different. Now they are much better equipped to actually deal with and move through the scary or overwhelming or anxiety producing situation. So I know that these are a lot of ideas and I really hope that your kiddo, if they're struggling with anxiety, that it's kind of that lower end, like it happens once in a while, but it's not like a chronic thing or a huge all encompassing thing but wherever you are at in that spectrum i know that it feels so much better to have some tools in your pocket to feel like okay i can help them with this i don't just have to sit back and watch and and pray and just like feel like i can't do anything about it we want to be able to help our kiddos so i hope that some of those ideas are helpful for you my friend because i want you to have that equipping to love your kiddo through and with and in these moments of anxiety. And when we come back on Friday for our Friday faith follow-up episode, we will be talking about how to manage your emotions. So as you're watching your kid struggle and you can help them, you can memorize scripture together, you can practice those coping skills together, but that doesn't mean it's easy, that doesn't mean it feels good. And so what we're going to talk about on Friday is some tips for managing your emotions as you're helping your kiddos. Um, So definitely make sure to circle back, subscribe to or follow the show if you haven't done that yet. So it'll pop right up there in your library. Um, And I would encourage you too, if you have a friend who has a kiddo dealing with anxiety, so many kids are again, even really young kids, but certainly teenagers too. Um, it might be really helpful and encouraging to forward this episode to them. Um, You can probably like click right there in your app, like the three little dots at the top. You can do the copy link, send it to them in a text, um, or go to the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 102, and forward them the link. You know, they can kind of read the blog post there, or they can listen to it online or on their own app. Um, But, you know, so many moms are struggling with helping their kids with these type of issues. And so if you know someone who's struggling in that way, forward this on to them, because that might be really helpful. But as I said, we'll be back on Friday to continue this conversation. And until then, my friend, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.